Hello, I am Trey Ratcliffe, and welcome to my rather unusual podcast I call Walk and Talk with Trey. The show is mostly about creativity and consciousness, but the conversation often delves into other far-flung erudite subjects, and there's plenty of silly stuff to balance all that out. All of these were originally recorded on a 360-degree video camera that shoots in 5.7K. I hold it in front of me while I walk and talk with interesting people. You're now listening to the audio version that is more convenient in many situations, but keep in mind, you can always jump over to YouTube and watch the 361 too. It's fun because you can move the camera all around. If you get tired of watching me blab away, just move the camera around and look at all the beautiful scenery around us. Note that the show is ad-free. If you like it, then I have something fun you can do. I have this members-only section of the blog called the Stuck in Customs Passport. You can get there by going to stuckincustoms.com passport. For just the cost of a few cups of coffee per month, you can support the show and get access to over 100 different videos. These are inspirational videos, how-to videos, and filled with all sorts of mind vitamins. My goal with all these things is to spread consciousness and fun and love around the world. Maybe that sounds silly to you, but I hope it doesn't. Anyway, please come subscribe. I appreciate you. Hello, uh, Trey Ratcliffe here with my friend and hero, Kevin Kelly. Kevin, how are you today? It's a fantastic morning, Trey. We're walking along an old Roman road in northern Spain, and you can actually see the tracks from the wagon wheels that have worn through these rocks over centuries of wear. And we're tracing along following the Camino de Santiago on the pilgrimage to the relics of St. James. Yeah, this is a nice walk today through this forest. And um, anyway, welcome to season 23, episode 6 of Questions for. Kevin Kelly. We're filming these episodes out of order. Uh, last one was season one, episode one, where we talked about AI. In this one, we are going to talk about Burning Man. And I, let me just kind of ask a, a, a vague question, okay? So Burning Man has really changed my life. I've been for the last eight years in a row at first I didn't want to go, but then I loved it and it's really added so much to my life, giving me more of an open heart and all this sort of stuff. But since you went, like before it was even popular, and I know you went this year, also do you, what do you, it's, it's kind of a lame question to say like, what do you think of Burning Man? Because another question is, is, would something like that work all year round? What do you think of cities like this that are just full of creators and givers is this some kind of interesting model for a, a future urban environment i'll just let you riff yeah, on that yeah um so i i think the burning man experience and the burning man experiment are sort of just beginning um i i think it's going to be in the long run useful as a sandbox as a simulation of what is possible but I, I, I find it hard to imagine it 
sustainable as something on its own all year. In other words, if uh, you decided you want to make a Burning Man city in Nevada somewhere and, you, and it was going to be a year round, I think it would lose some of its uh, power. Mm. And, and, and I think part of its power is that it is uh, a temporary ephemeral experience. Um, it has great lessons for urban planning in general and it has great impact on people's lives, but I think in part it is just because it's done. It's sort of like, you can imagine the best meal in the world and then you say, well, if we, we never stopped eating. It was just, we just sat here and forever. And it's like, no, that's not gonna work. Part of the, the beauty of the meal is that it's over at some point, or a symphony for that matter. And so I think um, uh, it has, and it has already influenced urban planning to some extent, and it will continue to do so. But I think the idea that you'd want to have it permanent, I, that doesn't work. But th there are certainly lessons for permanent cities from it. Um, one of the innovations that Burning Man brought to the world that I think is having more and more resonance these days is the idea of, of, of non-commercial, banning commerce. Hmm. And I could certainly imagine having zones or temporary places where that is a, a restriction and you ban commerce for some period of your life. And I think it's like, you know, it's like taking a break from technology or taking a break from a, anything else. That Sabbath, that sabbatical is very, very powerful. So I'm a huge believer in Sabbaths and sabbaticals and vacations where you give up something, not because it's bad, but because it's so good, mm. right? You stop working, not because working is bad, but because it's so good and you, you, know, you always wanna work on something. Or you're giving up technology and connection, not because it's bad, but because it's so good. And so by taking these uh, sabbaticals, by undoing things, so you're gonna give up commerce, not because it's bad, but because by giving it up for a while, you, oh, you can have different kinds of thoughts. You can have a new perspective. You can rejoin with new enthusiasm and appreciation. And part of what that happens with Burning Man is by entering into a zone where you don't have commerce and you have a gift economy, you can awaken some of those impulses and you kind of come and appreciate the nature of gifts and what they do and you come back with a new appreciation of, you know, the, the tremendous value that we get from having commerce. And so, um, I think a Burning Man has become kind of like a way to have an alternative civilization, but it's important that it remains as an alternative rather than try and like, well, we're going to live like this all year. I just think that I, I, I would be surprised if that worked. And I think that there's more value in having it as a alternative that you enter into and you come back into, you know, uh, you know, the, what's the civilization that we have right now. What, what is something you figured out about yourself at the various Burning Mans you've been to that you didn't expect to figure out? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
I, I, yeah, I haven't had kind of, you know, epiphanies at Burning Man uh, on my personal nature. You know, I don't take drugs and stuff. So that's um, not a, not been a big thing. But there were, there were several things that, several lessons I got from Burning Man, particularly in the early years. And one was this idea of um, making art that really wasn't signed. I mean, a lot of the art in Burning Man even the art that was in the center, that I got all the attention, was sort of put there, and there was no even evidence of who the creators were. Mm-hmm. There was no signatures, there was no plaques. And there was this idea of kind of, um, they were gifts. Mm. And, and this idea that they were in some ways anonymous. And I was really struck by the power of, of that art when you took some of the emphasis away from the individuality and the ego of the, of the creator. And um, there was also this sense in which it was not, um, because it was kind of free-floating in this space, there was no signs to it, there was no directions, you would encounter these almost like serendipitously, and it would be, uh, it would be all the more powerful because it was so, it was, it was, what's the word? There was no expectation that you would even see it. And there was a sense of, you had discovered it. All right. Right, you're, you're discovering, nobody else knows that it's out here and I'm discovering it. And there was a, and it's anonymous and who knows where it came from. And there was just this, it was just this gift from the universe. That I thought was, I felt that that was a, kind of a new powerful dimension of art that I hadn't really encountered before. And I thought that it kind of made art, to me, the possibility of it even more powerful. And I really liked that idea of having art that was a, a gift to uh, the people who saw it rather than something that they had earned. I totally agree. Um, all right, so we'll end it here in the, we refound our group. Yeah. In the next one, we're gonna talk about the, um, what's your big project you're working on? Long Now. The Long Now? Yeah. Underground Clock. Right. A series of secret libraries that will be so secret. Right. And more. All right. Okay. See you guys soon. Cool. Thank you, Kevin.